0: Taco Bell, Taco Bell. Taco, taco. Ta- oh, I'm done. I'm ready when you are. No, I'm just I'm just checking the audio. Okay. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that reminds you If you don't love me now, you will never love me again. I can still hear you saying, you will never break the chain. God damn it. I'm your host, Steven Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, what Fleetwood Mac song would you like to quote? In the words of John Mulaney, an album made by and for people cheating on each other. (laughs) Yeah... Yeah, but they make some bops, though. They make some bops. Oh, it's good, good stuff. Who knew artists could be volatile? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it, said every artist ever. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bit, I don't remember what it is now. I'm sorry, I ruined it with Fleetwood Mac. I was like, what is he singing? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I ranted about Pat Robertson dying you did. last episode. And once again, I'd like to remind you that Pat Robertson is a dumb, dead bitch. For, but <laughs> for me, that was like an hour ago. Correct. For everyone, that was a few days. But Steven, how has your week been? My week's been all right. It's been a busy week. Like things have been busy in the office and it was pretty nice weather out though. So I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, I just want to be outside. Just stare out the window like, uh uh-huh. How did you celebrate Pat Robertson's death? I, I, I didn't. Not that I'm... I'm not sad about it. I didn't celebrate it. I didn't throw a party. I guess we're having a board game night tonight, but that doesn't have anything with that. It does now. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm gonna make a banner. Okay, well, you only have a few hours to do that, and one of them is being spent here recording this podcast. Challenge accepted. All right, well... (laughs) Good. Oh, boy i guess what's been going on with your week if you what have you been playing lately oh i mean a lot of persona 5 yeah mostly that game's so fucking long <laughs> it's so long it's so long and i told you this and you knew this before I, going into it yeah but like the game takes place over a calendar year mm-hmm. i put in like 15 to 20 hours and i'm like a month in
1: <laughs>
0: like what <laughs> did you did you see that they announced a new spider-man game no. Yes, the Spider-Man 2. Like, Turn off the dark? No. <laughs> no, so you know the Sony PlayStation Spider-Man yeah. games. They announced the sequel to the original one. I thought that was Miles Morales. No, yes, but it's Spider-Man 2. So it's, it's almost like Spider-Man Mido, Miles Morales was its own side story, and now this is the sequel. The sequel... To the original, not to the sequel. And Miles Morales was only three-fifths as long. Was that a three-fifths compromise it was, joke? it was, yes. Okay. <laughs> he, he should have had his own, like, full-length game, but it was actually a shorter game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they took the same engine and basically the same storyline and was like, hey, do it again, but as Miles Morales... Welcome to Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only podcast that will casually throw in a three-fifths compromise joke. Yeah, that's a choice that we we chose, but now we're in it. We're there now. <laughs> I don't know if it's well advised. I might get us canceled. I mean that with full support of like he like he deserves more, and that shit was terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I I got nothing else for you there. Some fun things coming up this week. I am going out of town to go see my family. Which is why we're recording two we're, back-to-back. We're doing back-to-back. We might be a little ahead of schedule. I, the only reason I'm telling everyone this is so we might be a little ahead of schedule, so your emails might not get to us in time. We might add email sections later, depending on... Just depending on how our weeks go. So do send the emails. We'll get to it when we get to it, is yeah. what I'm saying. Steven's going out of town this next weekend, and then the weekend after that, I'm in Electric Forest. So I will be... We have some weekdays in between there, so maybe... Jared, the forest is not supposed to be electric. Oh, you haven't been there, then. It is electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> <laughs> there are lights everywhere. What kind of music do they play in Electric Forest? Is it yes. EDM? It's, it, so, it's mainly like EDM, but it's also, there's a lot of funk, some like live instrument stuff. The String Cheese Incident has a couple of nights where they take one of the main stages. It's a great band. <laughs> the String Cheese Incident? It's a great band. Oh my god. Um, I want to know the namesake for that, but it's not all what you think of. Of like when people think EDM, like if they don't if they've listened to a lot of it, which I haven't, they immediately jump to something like Skrillex, like okay. really loud, like. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's not all that either. Like some, of it's. I mean, I would describe some of the music as like stuff you would hear in the Spider Verse movies. Mm-hmm. Anamanaguchi was there last year. <laughs> I'm just here for the names. This is, this sounds fun. Oh, Animonoguchi is great. If you played the Scott Pilgrim beat 'em up, it's the they did the music for that. I did not, but okay. I would like to. That's hard to find, but very good. Scott Pilgrim beat up The did one that is on, like, many... They just re-released it? Oh, did or? they re-release it? Okay, so before they re-released it, it was, like, locked to the Xbox 360. Oh, okay. I feel like it was also on PlayStation. Doesn't matter. Anyway, point being, we're being out of town. I do have to say, though, before we move on, that unpopular opinion, maybe popular opinion, I'm not entirely sure. I'm just way off throwing this out there. I'm not a fan of EDM because I like singers and vocals. Sure. Not all of them don't have vocals. Sure. One of my favorite ones, I've actually unfortunately forgotten her name because its I, I saw her Electric Forest, listened to her a little bit afterwards, and then forgot to save her on Spotify, so I need to look at last year's lineup, but is a female artist that sings a lot of her stuff. Like, she has, like, her own... She does her own, like, background instrumentals, okay. like, preset, but she's... Oh, and it's a lot, like... I don't know. It's also a lot of, like, tech built into the show. Like, it's an experience more than just a concert. The night before I go, I'm going to Fall Out Boy. Don't get me wrong. Two different, <laughs> two, two very different vibes. Very different vibes. Steven, let's play a quick game, since we have a little bit of extra time at the beginning of this episode. Sure. I'm going to pick four stands from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay. I'm going to tell you what they are. They're all based on bands or songs. Yeah, the premise of the show is that it's, it's a guy who is, like, super into Western rock bands from the 70s and 80s. So he, the the artist. Yeah, the artist is. It has nothing to do with anything in no, the show. Shows, he just names them after them. fucking nuts. Araki is the peak of, fuck you, I do what I want. Uh, but shut up, though. No, so yeah, here's, here's four of them. I'm going to give you the name of the stand, and you tell me what band or song it's supposed to be. Okay. Cry Cry Dolls. It's not the Goo Goo Dolls? It is the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, okay. I'm going to flip that. I'm going to give you the real band and have you tell me what the stand name is. No, I won't get it. No, but it's always something very close. It's always like something that that is no. like, do it the way you were doing ah, it. okay. No, I don't want to. I'm just going to have you try. <laughs> this one's Limp Biscuit. Try to guess what, because of copyright reasons, why they had to change, or what they changed Limp Biscuit to. Soggy Biscuit. Flaccid Pancake. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm only going to do three. The third one. This is my favorite one. This is the one I really wanted to get to. Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. I remember this one vaguely because I, I I remember laughing at this because it was so stupid. Bad Deeds Done For Free. Filthy Axe At A Reasonable Price. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> I fucking love it. My biggest disappointment in that entire show is their one reference to sticks the is the brother Stix who's in one episode. Not even one episode. Yeah. Who's in like three minutes and then dies. Yeah. What a bummer. It's great. It's a great show. It's I uh, I don't know if I can accurately call it a great show. It's a great show. Not something I would recommend, particularly to this audience that we are speaking to. Uh shall we? Are you trying to find something else? Nope, we're good. Alright. Then I'll find a bumper. All right, so this episode came out on April 10th of 2003. A couple things happened in the week between episodes. Really only two of note. U.S. troops capture Baghdad. Ah. Yep. Maybe uh, a thing that, yeah. Mission accomplished, as George W. Bush said. (laughs) We fixed it. Yep. And then Baghdad falls to U.S. forces, ending the invasion of Iraq. I don't know why that was two separate things. But resulting in widespread looting. Oh. There you go. That was a couple days later. So, uh we did it. We we saved the city and it's on fire. <laughs> the number one song is Still Into Club. Well, I I hope it goes for the entire season to be perfectly honest. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Top 5 movies. Number 5, Still Chicago. Number 4, Bringing on the House. Number 3, What a Girl Wants. Number 2, A Man Apart and number 1, Phone Booth. Have you heard of Phone Booth? No. Okay, I'm going to read you the synopsis. You okay. tell me what you think the Rotten Tomatoes score is. Okay. A phone call can change your life, but for one man, it can also end it. Set entirely within and around the confines of a New York City phone booth, phone booth follows a slick media consultant, Colin Farrell, who is trapped after being told by a caller, a serial killer with a sniper rifle, that he'll be shot dead if he hangs up. I think this is a better movie than I expected it to be. Okay. I'm going to go with, like... A sixty-seven. You hit the middle again. Sixty-four percent audience score, seventy-two percent critic score. Yes, I'm getting pretty good at this. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't deserve this. You don't deserve anything. That's fair. Take my stuff here. Do you want oh, the okay. boxes? Yeah. yeah, I'll be your back. Okay. Anyway, this has been the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. <laughs> Play the music. <laughs> Fade me off, Johnny. <laughs> Oh, was that all the... That's all the things going yeah. on? Okay. I was just waiting for something. There's nothing there. There's nothing else. Cool. Then let's get into the episode. Episode nine, The Chain. Yes, Jared. <laughs> Jared is hanging his head. What the fuck? <laughs> I I take it you have some hard feelings about Holy this. Holy shit. This episode, the beginning of this episode... Okay. So, first of all, I love having a take that is immediately wrong within an hour. Yeah. I mean, was wrong 20 years ago, but for our purposes, wrong within an hour, where I'm like, ah, Rob, the Rob and Dina thing's coming to a head. It kind of was. It kind of did. It kind of did, but Rob played it even better than I thought because he, or Dina played it even worse than I thought because Rob wasn't the target. Correct. Hilarious. Rob was never in (laughs) danger. (laughs) Ha ha. This. Fucking secret agent beginning is so fucking good, man. And this actually, remember back when Rob was giving Matt the first fake plan? Mm-hmm. And I was like, he can just use the fake plan as the real plan if things go south? Yep. The fake plan became the real plan! Correct. You're right. And you caught onto that really quickly. You're like, oh, oh. Yeah, he has options. You always want options, but you don't want people to know that you have options. Correct. So, now I'm like, does Matt even go home next? Probably, because everyone's still like, he's a serial killer. Mm -hmm. I think Matt probably would have gone home this episode. Oh, I almost guarantee he would have gone home this episode. Everyone wanted him gone this episode. Yeah, I don't think Rob can talk them out of it. But, like, this fucking, like, they're meeting first thing in the morning and holding, like, secret meetings? (laughs) And this is where Rob's a terrible liar. Because, like, what... He, I, I guess he manifested, like, Dina going after Alex, because that ends up happening. But he kind of, like, says, like, Dina's coming after you. But, like, the premise that he gives Matt for why we need to get rid of Dina becomes the reason that we get rid of Dina. Mm-hmm. But also, like, this stupid, like, oh my god. just So, like, the way he he's, like, Matt is so, like, yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm all in, I'm secret squirrel. And then... In the boat with Butch? is like, no, shut up though, Butch. You're my bitch. Like, like, no, you're behind me on the chain. You listen to me. He is the villain sidekick that just really wants to just have someone underneath him to have a subservient sidekick next to him so that when he gets kicked, he can then kick below like, yeah, you idiot. Yeah. He's like the worst middle manager. (laughs) I love it. like, seriously, this whole section is my favorite section in any thing in survivor thus far (laughs) the music is perfect the comedic timing is perfect uh matt's the perfect fucking weirdo where rob's like cool let's go back to camp he's like no no i'm gonna go i'm gonna go pee and i'm gonna come back a different way and rob's like okay all right (laughs) you do that i i don't know what fucking game matt's playing it's not survivor it's great though (laughs) It's so good. He's just doing a James Bond cosplay. Yeah. You summarized this pretty well, so I won't go over the Rob and Matt stuff. But then when Matt comes and goes fishing with Butch, he is. He's trying to, like, bring Butch in on it and, like, okay, so here's the deal – we're going to make a chain where Rob is going to tell me and I'm going to tell you and we're going to go with that plan. But we cannot be in communication with each other. Otherwise, we're going to be this chain and someone's going to get voted out and you're going to work your way up this chain. Like, it's, uh, it's wild. And like I at some point, I feel like Rob's just seeing how far he can go with it. Like, for fun? Maybe. Where he's just like, no, no, Butch is on a need-no basis. Like, he's just telling him stupid shit. Yeah. And then telling the rest of the camp. And everyone's like, okay. See, part of me is like, that's so dumb and so ridiculous. But we haven't seen anything like this stupid shit. Because Rob is just dicking around for fun on Survivor. And nobody does that. Yes, but I think Rob has a really good radar for who is a threat and who isn't yes he would never go like when people get in trouble going back to the camp it's because like hey i think we need to get rid of this person but like it's a legitimate like oh they might not side with me there is a non-zero chance in these people's minds that matt will kill them in their sleep yeah so you can do whatever the fuck you want (laughs) they are not siding with matt but what's wild to me is that butch is but he buys into it like immediately. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah." Butch, Butch trying to explain it back to us yeah. was fucking perfect. It was so funny. And I I implore you, if you're not watching along with us, you're just taking our descriptions. Go watch this introductory scene cuz it's, it's so art. it's so good and it's so funny. Everything about it was perfect. Yes. And good on you, Survivor. It's good perfect. on you. Oh, and then we, while this is happening, Rob is telling the entire rest of the tribe what he did. Yeah. He's just like, I fucking told him, like, don't be secret about it. Don't tell anybody. It's so good. And they're all laughing at him. Yeah. Oh. who's laughing now, though? Who's laughing now, Dina? Anything else you want to highlight from that section? No, man, I could watch that. I could watch a whole season of just Rob telling Matt the stupidest shit and Matt going off and committing to it so hard. Yeah. And I... What was it, where was it that Rob was like, oh, no, it's the weapons challenge. Yes. And Rob's like, hey, you're starting to get it. That's that's where we're, we're getting to next. We get tree mail, and it's, <laughs> it's the weapons challenge. We get bows and arrows. We I get love spears, weapons challenges. We get the blow darts. And... Everyone's like, okay, we're all going to go off and we're going to practice. And everyone knows, everyone knows that Matthew is going to be, like, good at this. Oh, the guy who spends all day methodically sharpening machete might be good with weapons? Yeah. Who would have thunk it? Crazy. So, they're off, they're doing their thing, they're practicing, and yeah, Matt's really good at this. And we get to the point where Matt is hanging out alone with Rob, and Matt's like... He, he thinks about it for a second. He's like, I think I should throw this challenge. I think I should not do very well. He says it in more coded language than that. Yeah. But still, he's like, I'm not going to try my hardest. Dave off in the distance, like from Ponderosa taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. That's nice. And Rob turns to him. He's like, you're starting to get this, my friend. You understand. And Rob knows, like, it's it's too late, you idiot. Yep. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going home. (sighs) So, we start the challenge. And how long does it take for... Matt throws a bullseye right away. Yeah. And Rob... (laughs) Rob is just sitting on the sidelines, like, with this bewildered look on his face. And at one point in the challenge, I think it's when they're at the final two, Rob looks at Jenna and goes this guy's a fucking idiot. Yeah, it is the final two. We get to the challenge. It's, it is. It's the weapons challenge. And they're playing for a trip to a coffee bar with pastries. And like, okay, it's it's a good reward for people who like that kind of thing. Sure. You would have to put a bathroom inside the coffee shop for me. <laughs> I love coffee, but like you've given me nothing but fish and manioc for two weeks. And then I'm going to eat my weight and croissants and drink... Four coffees, I'm gonna be shitting for a week. Yeah, poop so much. So much poop. Matt f- completely forgets about mitigating his risk. He's just like, I'm gonna dominate this challenge. <laughs> I think I'm not gonna try my hardest at this challenge. It hits two bullseyes right away. Like, dude, okay, Matt. Dude, they start off with the blowgun and they're just chopping people. They're cutting almost half each time. Heidi, Christy, Rob, and Jenna are the first ones out. Heidi doesn't hit the board. <laughs> yeah, we've we've established like, okay, you have to get it like halfway up the target. Here's You have to hit the yellow section. All right, here you go, Heidi. You're last up. It just kind of falters into the ground. Like, aw. And Jeff like bullies Rob when he walks up. This is another point in the thing of like, I don't think Jeff likes Rob that much. Jeff does not like Rob. Of course not. It's great. It's pretty great. Like right before the blowgun, he's like, Like, you gotta use all your strength or something like that. He's the only one that Jeff says anything to while they're (laughs) going to blow on the blowgun. Yeah. And then we move on to the spear. Butch and Dina get eliminated on the spear. Dina doesn't hit the target either. But the spears are much more difficult than the blowgun. Yeah. And anyone... If you've ever watched anyone throw javelin before, it's so difficult to angle something and give it distance. Yeah. Oh, you could easily just straight to the ground and she does and she does that that she do and finally we get a bow and arrow and question in this bow and arrow Mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever seen arrows with pitchfork on the end (laughs) yeah weird is that specific for hunting something i don't know made specific for like that area of the world that region yeah it's not a bad idea like there's nothing wrong with it i guess it does make it seem like it would be much heavier than a traditional arrow yeah i don't know i don't know either can we flip it can we make an arrow with three tails why would you do that for funsies <laughs> okay got it they no, there's no good reason <laughs> to do that i imagine that that type of arrow would be better for like frog hunting it's the or nerf like... football of arrows <laughs> sorry continue I imagine the three spear kind of thing, the pitchfork thing is better for hunting smaller things because it's easier to it's a wider surface area mm-hmm. and if you graze it with like a normal arrow you aren't it might not stick. Yeah. But if you graze it with this one it's going to pierce through and and stick in there. All right, that's a valid response. Thank you, Jared. You're welcome. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm not supposed to give valid responses. No, give the valid responses. <laughs> I asked, you gave a good answer. We get to the final two. It's Matt and Alex, and Matt goes first and still does very well. And yeah. this is the section where you're like, yeah, what the fuck are you doing, you idiot? You just told me you're going to throw this challenge, and then you almost win. Yeah. That's not mitigating your risk. That's continuing to show that you were a threat. Yep. Ah, uh, stupid. It's stupid. Like, it's stupid to have the idea and then change your mind. Like, if you just wanted to compete full out, okay. I don't think it's a good idea. But like, if you're Matt, I get it. Yeah. Because you're Matt. But, but the, the first two weapons are so easy to throw. All you have to do is like, he's good at it. Yeah. All you have to do is over aim your blowgun, or or don't do enough air. Yeah. Or throw too hard for the spear. Like, it's so easy to screw up on purpose. Yeah. And what's wild to me is through all of this, he fails just enough without even trying to save his ass. What do you mean? Alex wins, which sets off a huge spiral of conversation. That's true. So, we'll get... But, I mean, it... Yes and no. I... Him winning doomed Dina, weirdly uh-huh. enough, but it didn't save him. What saved him was winning immunity. Yes. Yes, you're right. But it started this conversation. Yes. So, would just like to keep that in mind for a second. Alex wins the coffee bar. He takes Jenna with him. I, I do need to tell you something. Yeah? If Matt wins this season, uh huh, the show's done. The show's done. <laughs> Not Survivor. This podcast is done. Okay. Well, I will keep my words shut then, (laughs) and we will see what happens. We'll see what happens. (laughs) What? Okay. Hold on. No, I need more specifics on this one. Like, you just quit the show? I quit. Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) running through scenarios in my head, does the show need to stop like we can't do anymore, or do I need to find a new host? That's up to you. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well... I would like to start taking applications for a new co-host. Matt wins. I, no, I'm kidding. I would Okay. Wait, what? No. So moving on. They go off. They do their thing. Dina is assessing Alex's threat level. Hmm. We have everybody here. We're, we're doing our thing. Should we maybe take out Alex? I think we should take out Alex. We're taking out Alex, everybody. <laughs> She's leading the charge here. This is her trying to insert her plan over the group plan. Mm -hmm. And she does say, like, Matt is target number one. We are absolutely going for Matt. But. But we need to plan if Matt wins immunity. And he does. And he does. (laughs) So good, good forethought. Unfortunately... You're taking out one of your closest allies, not your closest allies, but part of the group that you've established already. And then you put that seed in everyone else of like, well, if she'll turn on him, why won't she turn on me? Yeah. And more importantly, she does try to put this plan on one of Jenna's closest allies while Jenna is not there to talk it over with the other one of Jenna's closest allies, Heidi. Yes. Basically telling Heidi what to do. So (laughs) there's a lot in that. While this is happening, Alex and Jenna are talking about Dina, about how she's kind of running the show here, and she might have a little too much power. They don't go deeper into that because they haven't found out that what Dina's doing back at camp yet. And I'm sure they talked through a lot of people and they showed us the Dina one because that's what's important for this episode. The relevance. Yeah. Steven, please tell me Matt doesn't win this season. I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm so upset. I'm not going to tell you what is happening. Anyway. Oh, I do want to point out in the coffee shop, like, Jeff oh. joins them in the beginning. Yeah. And he toasts them so aggressively. He does. He's like, pff, pff. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Did Jeff enjoy filming this season? Because it doesn't seem like he is. Does Jeff enjoy filming any of these early seasons? I don't know. I, I guess not so far. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me thinks he does. He, it's just cashed in that paycheck. Yeah. Until he starts producing and actually falls in love with the show and says, okay, I can make this show what I want it to be. Because, like, so far, I'm sure he enjoyed filming season one. Yeah. It was a brand new thing for him. I don't know about season two. Maybe. Season three, we didn't hear, but, like, four and five, we heard were absolute disasters behind the scenes. Yeah. So I'm like, did he, is he just, like, burning out in front of our very eyes and it's going to have to be rejuvenated? Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe we just get a vacation, a, a yeah. sabbatical season for Jeff. <laughs> we have a random, Brian Gumble is going to come. Oh and, God, and no. one season. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Anyway, we, we then talk about how they drank like five cups of coffee here. When they get back to camp, Alex looks like he's done cocaine. <laughs> They also do an unnecessary fast forward of them leaving the coffee bar. It is really funny. It feels really weird and off-putting for Survivor. But, alright. I'm down. I liked it. Let's make the comedy bits. We've already established that we can do that in the very first part of this episode. (laughs) Let's keep going with it. And then we get a weird... Alex is trying to come back and be like, Hey, we have a a little gift for you. We got something going on. I drank like five coffees it's, 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 it's i'm feeling great and um, he can see through time and space <laughs> what that is that's a futurama episode right where he drinks so much coffee everything just becomes stationary to him i think so yeah yeah oh yeah that's where the shut up and give me my money or shut up and take my money comes from yes yep yeah and he's doing this and everyone's like dude stop gloating we all understand that you got the thing but he can't control himself anymore he's like we brought you cookies two cookies for everyone you want some that's all (laughs) you get out let's fucking have some cookies (laughs) they're still smoking back rewards (laughs) yeah and it's really funny that rob is coming in like okay we have two cookies for everyone matt and Butch. butch are out fishing we could eat their cookies and nobody would be any the wiser And Alex comes in as the voice of reason, like, no, 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 you can't do that, no. What this episode has shown me is something I already felt was true. Okay. Rob, the human being, cannot be trusted with an ounce of power. The minute he gets cookies, he wants all the cookies. Right, and, like, he sets up all these convoluted schemes and will front stab people and will go through entire, like, at this point what a week long bit maybe longer of being like Matt you're my best friend <laughs> Matt I've never loved anyone more than you like you cannot be giving Rob cannot have power <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it so much And I want to go back to the high school comparison This is this season is very high school It is Especially like the Heidi telling Jenna you're like yeah yeah that happened and it's very it's very weird So they get back and almost immediately, Heidi pulls Jenna aside to go to the bathroom together and is given the dirt on Dina. And like, Dina's trying to get Alex out. I don't know that we could trust her anymore. And Jenna goes, and I took that personally. And I took that fucking personally, man. Heidi tells Jenna everything. Jenna tells Alex everything. Alex goes straight to Rob. (laughs) None of this gets back to Dina. None of this gets back to Dino. That apparently. is amazing. It really is. That's amazing operational security. Yeah. Everyone's holding onto these better than, I don't know, say like the National Archives holds onto documents that oh. could be potentially dangerous to the country if it got out. You, yeah. can, you can trust Rob with the nuclear secrets. <laughs> I don't know about that. You can't trust him with power, but you can trust him with Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> He is very good at keeping secrets He's together. the end of the line. He doesn't go back and tell Dina. So, what you're saying is he's the top of the chain. He's the top of the chain. <laughs> and he's in a great spot with... I, I predicted that Rob and Dina would come to a head. But no, Dina pulls the trigger first, and it's on Alex, not on Rob. Mm. So, Rob gets to decide who he thinks he can he wants to get rid of. Yeah. It's great. He is... Kind of in control of this situation. He's in control of the entire game and nobody's realized it. Yeah, I agree. And he's kind of lucky that Matt is such a psychopath because now he has two votes in his pocket that he can just use whenever he wants. And how many people do we have left? Seven? Nine. Well, no, no. It was nine. Dave was gone. Then it was right. eight. It's it. Yeah, Dina's gone. now it's seven. So you have three of the seven votes at your disposal and nobody thinks you're in control. Wild. Wild, man. Side note while all of this is happening. Butch and Matt are out fishing, and Butch catches a piranha, chops it very clearly, that sucker should be dead, puts his finger, like, in to try to get the hook out, and the piranha bites his fucking finger. Yeah, it probably was dead. It was probably a, uh... Like a reflex. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and just, like, snapped its jaw shut. Terrifying. Uh-huh. Terrifying. Zombie fish bite. Hate it. Hate that so much. So Butch is a zombie now. Yes. <laughs> That's how the season ends. It's wild. And actually, no, there's no winner. Butch bites everybody else. It spreads throughout the world. And now we're all zombies. Matt was immune. <laughs> ah. That makes sense. And then before we go out, we get a really weird moon transition. Oh my god, I um, forgot about this. Of Rob in the moon. You were writing a note, so I had to be like, "No, no, no, Jared, Jared, you need to see this transition." And it it does. It's just the moon. It's like the crescent, like an under crescent moon. Yeah. And it's rising up into the sky, and it takes Rob with him. <laughs> Look like something that was in like that'd be like a transition in like a power thirst style youtube video from circa 2008 yeah or something like ridiculous like a power rangers movie or something yes yeah or an art film and rob looks so weird like he's not <laughs> like in a position where it's like it's like a very specific shot he's just kind of standing. bumbling yeah. standing and there's like ah this is the shot we need there we go to the moon baby <laughs> fucking wild And the only reason that we're showing the night is because Heidi got bit by a bug? A A spider? spider? A something. We don't know exactly what it is, but we know that Heidi got bit. Yeah. According to Rob, her knee is now the size of her boob. Which is a very large knee. And a very (laughs) weird point of comparison to be making. It really is. You couldn't, like, we have so many objects out in the world. There's only one he's focused on. That's, yeah. (laughs) You're not wrong there. And they say something about, like, hopefully she'll get it drained. Yeah. By who? I would hope the medical team. Jeff doesn't seem to know anything happened. We get to the immunity challenge and Jeff's like, why is your knee wrapped? And it looks like <laughs> they wrapped it. it. doesn't look like it's a medical team that wrapped it. So, does the medical team not know about this? Does Jeff just not talk to the medical team? Did her knee get drained? It, uh, who's to say early survivor medical team only shows up if they're 100% necessary I guess it's almost unless you're getting evac you're probably not gonna see the medical team that's or you need stitches like we see people get stitches all the time sure that's Alex true. got stitches we saw it oh that's true yeah yeah but I felt like he made it all the way to later I feel like we check in at challenges to say
1: is that, you good is
0: that alright a medical team <laughs> alright speaking of immunity challenge everyone's told hey get ready to eat something maybe they do this is a weird one the tree nail for this is unclear it makes it seem like they could either participate in immunity or eat yeah which is something that happens later in Survivor but definitely not at this time yeah I was I was like wow they're giving the option to sit out for food nope Nope, don't do that. Okay. Why did you make the tree mail so confusing then? It was. It it was a little a little confusing. I will also say Jeff's gotten a good flow in challenges. It's something we haven't talked we haven't like graded Jeff in a long time. Mm-hmm. Cause he's good now. He's good now. Yeah. And the votes are stacked now. Yeah. It seems like as as recently as last season they weren't. But this season it seems like they finally are, where we get the cadence of like, okay. We're going to see all of the votes yeah. that matter. We're, we're not going to bury any votes that aren't for the person going home. Part of me thinks they've been stacked for a while, but they keep fucking up. Maybe, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's multiple times where, where votes that weren't for the person going home before this season have, just weren't shown. Just weren't shown. Yeah. Oops. Oops. And that's all on Jeff. Like, if it's in there and you pull them out wrong, you can't do it. You're not going to change the outcome, but. Right, yeah. You're going to fuck with the producers. Yeah. So just all I'd say, Jeff is Jeff finally, and it feels good. Jeff is Jeff. I'm I'm just excited for when he actually does get producing and feels invested in this. He's a little strict right now. Yes. Let Jeff loosen up, have some more fun. Let Jeff cook. Let Jeff cook. Let Dalvin cook. Oh, rip, <laughs> rip. Anyway, immunity challenge. It's the food challenge. You're gonna be eating gross stuff, and you're gonna eat it fast. And I don't know what, it doesn't seem like anybody is expecting this. No. I don't know why they're not expecting this. We've seen this almost every season. Because Tremel said or. It said eat or compete. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, eating these foods and every round, we have four rounds, every round two people are going to be knocked out. The slowest two are out. And in this challenge, it is Matt versus himself. And nobody else matters. Matt is like it's so much faster than anybody else every yeah. time. I will say a few standouts to me. I love Jenna. Jenna takes looks <laughs> of the creator, She takes one bite. And she's like, no, no, nah, we're not doing that. And dude. Jeff's like, you feel that safe? And she goes, no, no. But I'm not gonna win. I can't do that. Christy is a competitor. She has no chance of winning this. She's bore- she's trying not to vomit on the first one. But she sees it out. She sees it through. She wants to win. Yeah. She, it, you're right. She was holding down that vomit in the first one. And she barely beat Heidi. And you're like, you should have just let Heidi win. It's okay. Yeah. Like, really, if the, if in the first round, you're trying not to throw up, you're not going to make it four rounds, lady. According to all competitors, it was very dry. <laughs> hard to swallow. Real dry. Gross. Mm-hmm. Yummy. That first round was the dry, baked grasshopper. It, Heidi and Jenna were the two that got knocked out. <laughs> Heidi tried, Jenna did not. Exactly. Then round two, we have ten babasu worms. Kind of looked like smaller grubs. Yeah, and that one didn't seem like it bothered anyone. No. Everyone was, just threw it back. Everyone threw it back. Rob Lawson <laughs> just kept eating them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob and Butch got knocked out on that one. Then we have five baked beetles. Those looked gross. They did look gross. Also looked kind of dry. Yeah. I guess if they're baked, then yeah, they're give probably dry. pretty dry. I know they can't give them water because they don't want to be able to like, just like throw it back and like wash it down like a pill. Uh-huh. But fuck, man. I hate nothing more than swallowing dry food. Yeah. Ugh. I have a horrible gag reflex. I would do terribly at these challenges. Just- I would pull the Jenna. I'd trade up. Like, I would... I'd try a little bit, and if I thought that I couldn't get it down, I'd just stop. Like, if you're not... If you know you can't win... In this type of challenge, just stop. There's a lot of challenges where I'm like, no, no, try your hardest. This one, I would just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Food challenges, I would just stop. I agree. I yeah. think if the writing's on the wall, don't try to force your way through this. No. Physical internal pain sounds not a pleasant time. Well, knowing that like, especially if it's when there's eight people up there. <laughs> like if I see that there's like... Five people that are doing this way better than me and I have no chance of recovery. Fuck it. Why torture myself for an extra two rounds? It's not worth it. Anyway, Christy and Alex get knocked out at the Beatles. So we're down to Dina and we are down to Matt. And Jeff knows what he's got. He knows what he has here. He's an asshole. He's an asshole and I love it. He, he brings out the dishes. He's like, oh, you're going to love this one. And... We pull it up, and it's live beetle larva, and these suckers are huge. Uh-huh. And apparently they have pinchers. They took them out. They took them out. They took out the pinchers, but man, does not look pleasant. No. And Dina does what I think all of America would have done, and just says, just fucking take it away. I'm not even going to try here. Points it. Here. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The last... <laughs> <laughs> the, you're, the pov of that beetle is just matt's psycho face getting bigger <laughs> <laughs> you're mine yeah matt swallows it whole puts it down and then like does a little finger motion to show that it's it's still going down his esophagus into his stomach very upsetting you're welcome everyone is rob starting to like matt because he, like, every he's like, man, this guy's a psycho. And, like, fucking around with him, like, right after the challenge, like, from the from the uh-huh. bleachers. Is he starting to grow on Rob? Ooh. Is it just this part that makes you say that? This part, and, like, I don't know. There's something that is magnetic about somebody that is so genuine and so clueless. Yeah. Like, somebody that's just like, I, maybe I'll throw this challenge, and then doesn't. Somebody <laughs> who is, like, just throwing down a larva hole... And, like, being weird about it. Like, there's something, when he's not, like, looking like he has murderous intent, there is something a little charming about Matthew that I'm wondering if it's starting to rub off on people. Mm. I like Matt. He's a weird guy. He's a weird guy. I like him. So yeah, Matt wins. So that throws all of our plans into motion, then. And the worst case scenario for everyone has happened. And Dina, very cocky. Yes. She's very and it I I knew she was going home when she says she says something about like everything's falling into place. I was like, those are Roger's words. Those are Roger's words. We've we've seen this scene before. Uh-huh. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> and you're right, she's a little cocky, but so far what she's seen in this game, she has been in control. I mean the parallels between her her exit and Roger's exit are pretty similar. Yeah. Like, Roger gives up on the challenge. He's like, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. Dina does the same thing. It even talks about him Tribal. She's like, I'm going to kick myself in the butt if the only thing keep that stopped me from going forward in this game is not eating that last bug. Yeah. It's poetic in a way. It is. I love it. So, Dina, trying to shore up everything here at the end, goes to Jenna. for the. It's the first time Jenna's hearing this information. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, we have to get Alex out. Like, we, he is too good of a competitor to let him stand. So we have to get him out. And I, I know he's close to you, but we have to get him out. And Jenna's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. No, that's fine. And I would like to remind everyone not a single strength based immunity challenge yet. It's true. I- Matt didn't win this challenge because he was strong. He won this challenge because he has severe mental illness <laughs> and could dissociate and shove bugs down his throat. Mm, it <laughs> Like, Dina, you were the final two in this challenge. By those same metrics, you are just as strong a competitor as Alex. You're stronger mm-hmm. by that. Like, anyway. You're stronger because we can actually, like, you are scary with how you plan and you have been you have been in charge of this game for a long time now and as we've learned it doesn't usually work out well if that's the case not since season four (laughs) (laughs) well only in it worked out well in seasons one through three and five but yeah damn dina anyway dina goes to jenna jenna goes to alex and Rob is kind of caught in the middle. We have a, we don't know what Rob's going to do. It's It sets him up to be the, okay, Robbie boy, what do I do? Do I take, is this my chance to get Dina? Do I take Dina out? Or do I take out the guy who I know is a threat, but I kind of like him more. And this is why I think Brian is not that good of a winner. Because Dina, without the complete, like, craziness and, like, actually being a sociopath of Brian is the Brian of this season. Yes. She puts herself out in front, she builds a strong alliance, and she tries to ride it to the end. And all it took was a couple people being like, wait a minute, you're telling everyone the same thing. And they got rid of her. Yeah. It worked for Brian because he was on a season of losers. Just a bunch of losers. Couldn't get it together. Yep. (laughs) And Jan, who just... I don't was just fucking vibing like you put Brian in this season and he has a he loses about where Dina loses if not earlier maybe goes home around where Roger does because that's he might have taken the Roger role I mean he wasn't like as outwardly sexist to towards he was to the men but he wouldn't be around the women because he just puts on a different mask with whoever he's around (laughs) <laughs> but yeah anyway that's my that's welcome to my seasonly uh going forward this is why brian's not a good winner rant <laughs> since apparently he's considered a top five winner jared having to defend himself for the rest of time correct <laughs> so we move forward to tribal council there's a lot of statements in this tribal council that make you go i'm sorry <laughs> the the largest of which was heidi saying hey my knee, it's it's not feeling too great. Give me a couple of days. I'm gonna be fine. and it's it's a real bummer to me because my strongest assets to this group are my athletic ability and my intelligence. And we cut to Alex shaking his head violently. yeah. No, 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 no. You have grossly misestimated how we view you as a person. If that was Rob, Jeff would call him out immediately. Be like, "Why are you shaking your head? What did you have to say?" Correct. Doesn't catch it, or doesn't, or at least doesn't call it out with abs. Yeah. I don't think he caught it because it—it was it was a, a difficult angle for that camera to catch. Yeah, and they quickly flashed to it, but yeah, definitely not. <laughs> you're you're not speaking truth here, Heidi. You may be speaking your truth, but not and, and, not truth. I don't know. Maybe she's she's smart. She's smart. You're not athletic. I don't think her smarts are her strength to this tribe. No. I Charisma. Don't. Her athleticism is definitely not... No. She's not very good at the challenges either. No. <laughs> Alex weirdly gets put in the spot of... Okay, how do we balance ethics in this game? What, what People could be backstabbed. Like, you could stab someone in the back. Is that okay? I don't know. I don't know what to do here. How far we've come from alliances evil mm-hmm. the devil <laughs> is rich satan <laughs> we don't know how far we've come how far we've come and really it's to me it's just for show for him yeah. putting this up there like of course he's gonna stab someone in the back everyone knows you're gonna do that yeah <laughs> and then my favorite part of this entire tribal council I, th- I feel like i've said that three times but matt saying immunity was not essential for me tonight fucking what every single person looks at each other and they're like he knows he was going home right like definitely would have gone home had he not won that okay never mind no because he thinks that rob and him are going to the final two and that he's the second link on the chain (laughs) i know he thinks that but it's very much not true it's so funny and jeff gives him a gives him a chance to double down on that so he's like yeah so you so you don't need immunity who do you want to give it to do you want to make a deal on that immunity he's like no i don't want to do that even matt can see that like why the fuck would you give up immunity yeah it's not a good plan and so he doesn't and we vote dina's gone dina's gone dina's gone gone, what was the vote split it was two to six who voted with dina christy okay yeah, Christy wasn't in on the plan. Wow, that was that's a bigger sweep than I would have expected. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess it's a sweep it had to be, right? Because the cuz Rob has 3 of the votes lined up. So, and obviously Jenna, Heidi, and Alex were all going to vote for Dina. And that's kind of what he says is that he has this weird power that nobody is kind of counting on. Is that where he goes? He's got these two idiots that follow him. <laughs> yeah. And that's a majority. <laughs> Not a majority, but pretty much a majority, no matter where he goes. And obviously, I think the goat concept has been around since season two. Like, it hasn't been the trigger hasn't been pulled, but like we've been talking about, we've been thinking about like who's the person I want to go to the final two with and sit beside since season two. Mm-hmm. But this is the strongest goat concept we've seen. Of first of all, having two goats and having both of them listen to you with no questions asked. Yeah, yeah. What if we just gave Rob three votes? like what What if we uh, let you do whatever you want you go Rob and this this just comes down to I think Rob reading people correctly and Matt being again an unhinged crazy person but if you want to get Rob out you can go to Matt and be like he's been playing you you know that right you know now it is an open question of whether he'd believe you because so far every time Rob has lied to Matt he's ended up doing the lie and the lie became truth so it might be a tough sell <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How do you think Dina does in future survivor? (sighs) I do trust in Dina's ability to adapt. Mm -hmm. I do think she's a little too headstrong and a little too my way or the highway. So I think this might, she's a tough one because she has the potential even in a modern season to go very far. Mm Mm-hmm. She's very smart, and she can read a room very well, as long as she doesn't get ahead of herself. So with a certain level of humility, I, you know, you could see her making a, a final five. But I think most of the time, most seasons, you pr- it's probably right around here, right around merge, because I think she would be somebody that has a hard time not being the leader, not being the person out in front, mm. and that person's going to get their head chopped off. I'm going to chime in with this, and I usually don't, just because I like how you do it and because I know things. I think this is the worst season for Dina. Okay. Or at least of the first Uh, ten-ish. I mean, of the first six, this is the worst one for her. Very clearly, like, had she been able to manipulate the way she was going and been in just about any other season, she could have just, like, kept going. If Rob wasn't on this season she wins the season because I think somebody that's a worse game player than Rob stays with Dina yeah, and listens to her and go and takes out Alex. Yeah. And um, honestly, she's, she's a pretty dang good survivor player. Yeah. And unfortunate that suddenly people are catching on to the game. Yeah. Right. When she's playing it really well. Yep. Yeah, so the only thing I think in like modern seasons like in in the 40s, she could still have a hard time with threat management. I agree. Yes. Certainly though, at this time, I think she would She's ahead of her time, yeah. for sure. And Dina does not play again. Mm. This is it for Dina, but I fucking love Dina. She's great. I love Dina so much. Dina is still doing like law and uh oh, I did want to point one thing. Alex was like, "I'd go up against you in a courtroom any day because you're a terrible liar." I was like, "My brother in Christ." That's not what a courtroom is. <laughs> that's not you don't you, do that. You take an oath to not do that, actually. Yeah. And if you get caught, you it's very bad for you. That's, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I I love Dina beyond even just the game of Survivor. One, she's a Vikings fan. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, thank you. Two, let me just read this bio for her. Bennett currently works as a deputy district attorney. This was around when the game came out. Assigned to the sexual assault child abuse unit mm. in California. Her words, if you hurt or abuse it or kill a child, then I am your worst nightmare. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> the love The Terminator. Her. I fucking love Dina. Okay. Dina's great. I, yeah. No, and I've really enjoyed her on the show. I do think, once again, that this was around the right time for her to go. Because if she stayed on, it was probably going to snowball for her. Mm-hmm. So for in the interest of the season, it's probably best that she went home this week. Or this week or next week. Fair. But man, she was a very pleasant surprise. I'm sorry, hold on. Let me... One more quote from this article. <laughs> if given the choice of being a superhero, she'd want to be Batman because he has all the cool toys and Alfred. Every mommy in the world needs an Alfred. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Oh, man. Yeah, this is a pregame bio, and I love it. Where is she now? She is the chief deputy at the Riverside County District's Attorney Office. And honestly, I I skimmed her Twitter. She's still following Survivor, and she's still, like, chipping in. And she has, like, thoughts and... Some very interesting takes from Survivor in general that Mm. I can't share with you. I know. Because they will ruin not only this season, but future seasons. Let's get her on the show. So, so Dina, I fucking love you, man. She's great. Dina's great. Your protagonist, that's the word I was looking for. This is a hard one. This might be the hardest one of the season because it's, you can make an argument for four separate people. Maybe five. This is a very ensemble episode. This is a very ensemble episode, and it's a very, very good episode. Yep. You can make an argument for Matt, because he's way more involved. He doesn't know the story that he's telling, but he is telling one. Yep. You can make an argument for Rob, because he's the swing vote and decides which way to go. You can make an argument for Alex, because he's on the other side of Dina, and is the, like, okay, we gotta take out Dina head. Mm-hmm. You can make an argument for Jenna mm-hmm. as the one who's scorned and the one who is playing the Alex side but pretending the Dina side. And you can make an argument for Dina, but I think that's actually the weakest of the five arguments because Dina doesn't know what story's being told and isn't contributing to it. Yeah. She's completely outside of it because of choices that she makes. Dina is about the only person in this episode who has only her perspective. Yeah. Except for Butch. <laughs> well, yeah. We have... We have... Butch and Christy... Who the fuck are they at this point? <laughs> who are they? Yeah. Uh, I I love Christy, but Christy does not seem to be super involved in strategy. Yeah. A lot of the time, she seems to kind of just go with her gut as far as who she's going to vote with or, like, is loyal to a fault. So I'm a little worried for Christy's future. She's kind of approaching goat status. Mm. Even though she's a lovely person. I'm going to say that Matt is the protagonist. Okay. Because, the I mean, the question of the episode is... What do we do about Matt? (laughs) What do we do once Matt's gone? Who is our backup for when we get rid of Matt? Yeah. And, or Matt wins immunity. So, yeah. Who knows? Could be. I'm trying to remember what what my boot order was at the merge. I think it was... Oh, it was Dave or Matt based on how much of a psycho Matt was acting like Mm -hmm. and who won immunity. And then I think it was Butch, but I think I might have put Matt there. I was like, or like Matt is any one of these three spots depending on how he acts. And then I think I said it was going to be Dina or Rob. So so far, Butch is safe. But, and I don't see Butch going home anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would not be surprised. Let's see, we have what, seven left? Yes. Okay. I wonder who the next vote is, because I'm genuinely—I mean, it feels like it should be Matt, but we'll see. We'll see. Ah, oh, it's a good season where I even have to ask that question, and it be an interesting it. answer. Love it so much. Cool. Let's move on. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. We have Jared hooked. Jared is in it. He's yeah. in it to win it, baby. This does also solidify my theory that the All-Stars casting was done based on... Or a lot of it was, like, older seasons because the game had changed so much. Like, you, if you pick, like, four people from Amazon, which there are f- more than four people I want would want to see return on this season if mm-hmm. you're going by personalities alone. It's probably not going to be that much different by All-Stars. But if you pick four people from Australia... And slap them against people from yeah. Amazon. Holy shit. It's also going to be tough. Like that turnaround of... We're coming in for a year away from when you played. S- they have someone on season 7, right? Yes, they do. Go right back. Go. You did Don't it. even get off the boat. Just stay. Get, just let's turn it around. <laughs> Pretty much. That's <laughs> almost essentially what happens. Wow. So, yeah. What would you like to promote? I don't know if I've done this one. I would like to promote intramural sports did Ooh. i do that already no no go okay for it. great i joined a beach volleyball league and it's very fun it's very low stakes and it's just nice to get out in the sun you know i love low-stakes sports mm-hmm. sports that can be competitive where you can have some fun oh yeah i'm still playing to win yeah but i it's there's not money on the line it's not with of people that are taking it way too seriously it's the people of varying skill sets that are there to have fun but mm-hmm. they're still like they're also not being like Eh, I don't care. Like they still care. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm glad you're having fun with that because the first one that we did very bad. together was not a good experience. No, no, it was not. And that's just luck of the draw who you get placed with. Yeah, and also, I think the sport. Yeah, I think I think a a casual and like that was like the name of the like level. It was like either beginner or casual or whatever. Mm. Intermural co-ed beach volleyball league is a different vibe than an intermediate, all-men's softball league. I think you throw other genders into these leagues, and suddenly it just becomes a different game. Yes. And I think we all need that. Yes. What about you, Stephen? What are you going to promote? <laughs> I'm going to promote... Ooh, I actually want to look this up because it was so interesting to me. Last week, Mikhail and I went down to... We're just like searching for pastries every once in a while. We'll just like, all right, we want pastries for our morning breakfast. Mm -hmm. And I, Chicago's donut scene is not super great for me. I haven't been excited about it, but there is a restaurant that seems pretty new called Downstate Donuts in Chicago. They are potato donuts oh yeah those are so good i've never had potato donuts before and they were very good i'm very happy the the staff seemed great like i walked in and i'm like oh cool let's get half a dozen and w- why don't you choose for me because you know what's good you know what's not as good and this staffer could have just been like okay yeah let me pick 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 pick. but she's like well tell me what you like tell me what, what do you like out of a donut? This one's really good. It's one of my personal favorites. And we just went down the line and she talked about every single one. I'm like, there's a line flying behind us. Like, you don't have to do this. She's like, no, I want to talk to you guys. <laughs> she it was great. Downstate Donuts, 100% recommend. They were- awesome. Yeah. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. My host, Steven, this is Jared. Get some donuts. I'll see you in two hours for board games, Steven. Bye-bye. <laughs>